on this week's episode of Polk and Kush, we bury the New Orleans Saints, we say farewell to Drew Brees, and we do it in oh-so-fond fashion. Don't forget about the New Orleans Pelicans. We've got them as well. We've got Polk News. We got overrated. We got underrated. We got LaToya. We got Gwyneth Paltrow. There's so much more. So stick around, and we'll be right back with Polk and Kush. Welcome everyone to Poke and Kush. It is January 20th, 2021. And don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. The New Orleans Saints season, RIP. The Drew Brees era, RIP. Are things to talk about. R.I.P. <laughs> what a load of horse shit. <laughs> <laughs> We've got tons to talk about. One of those things wasn't true. Uh, this is Scott Kushner. Andrew Polk, how you doing, sir? Hey, hey, I'm good. I'm uh, over it. I'm over it. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm back to being just a normal citizen. <laughs> Not someone who wakes up on Sunday like a raving lunatic trying to figure out. I mean, I think it's mostly good news for everyone in my immediate life. Co-workers, friends, family. They're like, oh, thank God it's over. Yeah. He won't yell at us on Monday. He won't be in the bathroom gagging for an hour Sunday mornings from 9 until 10 a.m. The dreaded nightmare of the Saints is over for them and for us as well. It really Someone texted a good friend of the show, Andrew Robinson, texted right after the game. And he goes, I'd say it's been fun, but it hasn't. (laughs) An accurate summation. For a team to go 12 and four, whatever it was, get the number two seed in the NFC and lose the playoffs. And you're going like, wow, that whole season was just kind of a slog. And it really wasn't that much fun. And I kind of feel relief that it's over is just weird. Like, I'm not like. Every other playoff loss that's happened, I did not feel relief in the slightest. I was pissed. I did not feel... I felt a little sad, and I felt mostly relief that it was over and I didn't have to deal with watching this team anymore. And it was weird that the relief came after a season like this. You'd think you would be relieved because it felt weird, yeah. because of uh, people getting sick, players getting sick, things like that. It was not tied to that in the least. No. And it was tied to one man <laughs> leaving the organization. And for all the records, all the plaques, all the jerseys, all the game balls, it's relief. Yeah. It it, right? it it does it feels like the this level of burden of expectation of uh, just kind of waiting and 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 hoping that this guy gets you know and that being Drew Brees gets to achieve what you want him to achieve and then it just it always felt like this heaviness around the team that there was this weight uh, of watching them knowing that this window was closing, 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 and there is a little bit of relief to the idea that it's just shut and that you kind of have a, an answer, you have some closure. Uh, for those who you know weren't watching the game, uh, Drew Brees played probably the worst game of his life. The Saints lost to the Buccaneers in the second round of the playoffs. Uh, I think this is the first playoff game they've lost since Seattle in 2013 where you can walk away from the game saying yeah they lost to a team that was better than them oh yeah absolutely and i think that provides a little closure as well this was a uh the end of a long relate i won't say bad relationship because it's been a great decade of being a saints fan but it feels the same because you're going ah do i want to leave this relationship i gotta (laughs) count my dvds out i gotta figure out which books are mine and charge your half for the sofa it's over it's done Let's move on. Drew Brees is going to be a Dallas Cowboy next season. <laughs> and the Saints are going to have old J-Mo. I mean, I, we'll get into who's going to be quarterback next year. we got plenty of time to talk about it in the next few months. Uh, I come away from this going, you know, it's nice to know that Brees left it out there. You know, it, it wasn't like a John Elway type thing where like, ah, you know, he probably could have played another couple of years or, you know, an Andrew Luck kind of thing right. where you, you kind of uh, the guy walks away and you go, you know, I appreciate what he did, but it would have been nice to have another couple shots like 
there is he had nothing left. Brees got his shots, and he showed us. You know, he walked off the field a, a broken man. I mean, physically. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he he sacrificed his ribs for our entertainment. And there's probably a thought that the Saints would have had a better chance to win if a different person was playing quarterback that game, because. As we've saw this season, it's not as if Tampa's offense is some kind of unstoppable juggernaut. The Saints can't slow down. Uh, you just can't turn the ball over, you know, four times, one of three of them being interceptions, a uh, couple of them being run back inside the 20. Like, you absolutely murder your team's opportunity to win against a good team when you do that. And Drew Brees straight up murdered uh, this team's opportunity to win that game. I mean, you were not going to win with him playing that way. And what feels even more absurd about the whole thing is that everyone's pointing, including ourselves, is pointing to a play that had nothing to do with Drew Brees, and that being Jared Cook fumbling the ball and certifying his loser status for the history of time and going like that's the turning point of the game. But it still feels like they would not have been able to win with Brees playing that way for the rest of the game. No, and there there were a lot of things. You know, Jared Cook... It's the icing on the loser cake. Oh, as far, man. You know, we said the mistakes are going to come back and bite the Saints in the ass when yeah. they play a good team mm-hmm. that isn't even necessarily lucky, just doesn't make any poor decisions. Yeah. All of the points that Tampa Bay scored were, were jackass points. They were <laughs> given to them by Drew Brees. Yeah. It was not a defeating loss as as much as it was a deserved loss. I did yeah. not walk away with anything other than few. All right. Time to watch the Pelicans. <laughs> <laughs> what better way to, to to get over this loss than to watch the Pelicans? Uh, uh that was very weird timing how that happened after the game, but there was no question as uh, the fourth quarter rolled on, that it was like, oh, this is really happening. The season is really over. This era is really over. And there's definitely a party that kind of felt it like uh, it felt a little like like a funeral, right? Like there was just a little bit of like pushing him out to sea. Like you almost wish that they were down by 40 because then you could just really, you know, kind of let it let all go. go. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's like just let him go because. You know, the, what was it? Dan Marino lost like 62 to 7 in his last game. That's kind of how it started to feel in the fourth quarter. I know that wasn't the score, uh, but there was that kind of, uh, you know, the polar bear just kind of, bye, buddy. Hope you find your dad. <laughs> like, he's just drifting out there on the ice uh, into, into the Viking funeral. But I, I feel like this Saints team confirmed a lot of the things that we said, which is that. If they play the right way and if they do, you know, enough things, they could easily win the NFC. Uh, But they just so rarely put that together that it was hard to ever predict it happening. And then they just didn't do it. And I wasn't surprised by it. No. And I mean, you know, there's no sense in beating a dead horse. We saw what was wrong with this team. We talked about it all season. Yeah. It came back to finally get them. And, you know, there was a Jedi funeral at the end. (laughs) It was people are showing that moment of Tom Brady throwing the football to Breeze's son as like a heartwarming (laughs) moment. I'm like, this motherfucker, (laughs) both of them. This is not Candyland. They should not be playing on the field afterwards. Breeze should be foaming at the mouth furious. (laughs) Brady's going to go. He's going to get the injections from the stem cells. He's going to be fine. Yeah. I don't want to see him playing with Breeze's kids. It was very much uh, stepdads stepping in and (laughs) taking over for dad. You know, just like, oh, yeah. Uh, Sorry, honey. The the neighbors showed up and he's a lot cooler than your dad. I don't like seeing the camaraderie. I want them to hate each other. I know they're best buds. Yeah. They're both going to be state senators (laughs) as soon as they retire. They're both going to be analysts on Fox News or CBS Sports. Sure. I don't want to see that yet. I don't want to see little conifer catching a pass from him. I saw no Saints players catch a ball. I don't want to see a Saints-related player catch a ball. Yes, Balin, Jalen, Valen, and Raylan all had more catches than Mike Thomas did. Uh, You know, the $170 million man or however much he gets paid. Uh, That was probably, with the exception, I mean, we kind of knew Breeze's arm was done. Uh, I did not expect Mike Thomas to go over. That was very surprising. 
so many third downs where it felt like he could bail him out. Red zones, I, I think you, you really missed Mike Thomas. You definitely missed Taysom Hill. There were opportunities set up by other stuff in this game, and they just could not take advantage. And, and it was a uh, an ominous sign for Thomas to go over, and it almost feels like that on its own might be enough to be like, okay, maybe you got to rethink, does Mike Thomas get traded in the offseason? I, I think that's a, a wild uh, pipe dream. Yeah. I mean, uh, it came out today that Mike Thomas is having uh, two surgeries immediately mm-hmm. for the offseason. He was playing hurt, you know, supposedly. Yeah. <laughs> you play, you don't get a single catch. You're like, yeah, everything's broken. I yeah. just forgot to tell anybody. No, of course he was hurt and he was playing poorly. Yeah. That wouldn't stop him from catching the passes he normally catches in those situations. Yes. I don't, I don't think, think the broken hand, he didn't have a broken finger. No. You know, <laughs> like it was, he, there was a couple balls there where I, We've definitely seen him grab those. Uh, I thought that was strange. And then, I mean, Cam Jordan is just a ghost. He he doesn't do anything, and he gets no pressure. He used to be great against the run. He's not great against the run. Uh, this team used to be great against the run. They were not great against the run. There was so many uh, issues where you go, eh, they got to upgrade, and they don't really have any ability to upgrade no. when it comes to this offseason. So uh, not – the Saints were winning the game with the ball driving down the field until slapdick Jared Cook fumbled the ball. Mm-hmm. But yet, as we sit here and we'll talk about it in retrospect, it does feel like it was a blowout loss. Yeah, it does. And, uh, I mean, what, what more can you say about this loss and this team and these players? Jared Cook lived up to the Jared Cook that we know. <laughs> when he fumbled... There was almost a food fight where I was. People were <laughs> screaming at the TV. It was like the old west, but you expected it. I know. The minute he turned up field, I was like, "Oh God, hang on to the." He carries it at like underneath his hip, like it's a fanny pack. He's wearing for the the ball, and it's like, "What the fuck do you think is gonna happen?" Well, he he carries the football like a contestant on Supermarket Sweep. He's got the <laughs> ham. <laughs> Just like dragging behind him, he's trying to throw it into the buggy. <laughs> I just uh, like what? Where is he going? You know, he can't run. So where is he going? That he feels like he needs to be chugging along upfield, and the ball security is not, you know, <laughs> priority number one through ninety nine. Like he he's not going to get more than ten more yards. Like he cannot run, and. Instead, he's like running like he's a defensive back, like he's Deion Sanders going down the sideline. Like it was insane. He also had with the moment he had with Breeze earlier in the year, we like wouldn't talk to him after you know he dropped a pass. You know, forget that guy. Seriously, like if he's on the team next year, I'm done. Your team Troutman? I'm yes, a team literally anyone. <laughs> Just you cannot resign that. We've called him a loser on this show every single week for 20 straight weeks. And he lived up to it. And if you bring him back, you are nothing but losers. What if they bring back Jimmy Graham? Ooh. Another patented Cush loser. <laughs> yes. Loser. <laughs> we would know. That's a new segment on the show, Loser of the Week. And we had a few candidates this yes. week. Old anal zone. What Ooh. would be, who would have the longer highlight reel this season? Anzalone or Cam Jordan? Yeah. I mean, they were both very bad. Who? I mean, you know, you notice Anzalone out there because he looks like uh, a guy dressed up as Thor in front of Man's <laughs> Chinese Theater, <laughs> taking pictures with the kids, begging him for a couple bucks. Cam Jordan was a literal ghost. No one saw Cam Jordan. No. I, I mean, Anzalone was, he didn't play as much because basically until Quan Alexander got hurt like that was that spot had been filled and was filled pretty well and that kind of led to you know a lot of that winning streak that occurred was them signing Quan Alexander to that spot uh, a very you know low-key injury that I think cost this team in the long run uh he's awful the fact that he's playing at all everybody talks about the this is the best roster in the NFL and this is the deepest team what bullshit if that guy's playing in the playoffs for you and you're not down to your fourth string and there's really nothing else you can do then you're not that good like he's he's not just bad he's like miserable and they're picking on him the whole second half uh it became very obvious tom brady knows how to exploit that weakness uh you know marshall Lattimore played great and usually when max like the way the defense goes is the way Lattimore goes because if he shuts down a guy but 
it didn't matter. They couldn't get to Brady. They got hardly any pressure. They got run on a lot, a lot of short down and distance. And then you end up in a situation where, like, even though Deontay Harris ran a punt back 70 yards, that didn't really turn the game. Uh, even though you got a bunch of stops, that didn't turn the game. Even though you had an insane trick play uh, that worked perfectly where Jameis Winston is able to throw a touchdown pass, that didn't turn the game. Like, all these things that in a close game should flip it your direction are totally overwhelmed by the fact you threw three turnovers and you got run on. Yeah, that's a uh, five or six years ago Saints pipe dream of being able to run that play with Jameis throwing. That that's a tide turner. Yeah, that scares the other team. Then you can play a little wilder, a little looser. <laughs> yeah, Sean Payton style football. All it did was keep Saints fans from turning the TV. Off. <laughs> no. It inspired no hope. No. You just didn't put it on the mass singer. <laughs> Yeah, the 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 penalty on the punt return sucked, but Brutal. you can't you can't bitch about the refs because they they I I felt like every third down there was a call against Tampa Bay. Yeah, the the refs were fine. There's no blaming this on anyone other than the Saints themselves. And uh, I you know I think that took away some of the sadness sting. Yeah, it was just it was just a loss. It was an end of an era, and the game and the season were so frustrating that I was focused more on that than the finality of it all. Yeah, and I think, you know, my my wife was kind of like, oh, are you okay? Like, Because I kind of watched the game in a different room in the second half, and I wasn't screaming, I wasn't whatever. She's like, are you okay? I was like, I'm fine. <laughs> I was like, seriously, I was like, this year has just been like, I watch it emotionally for the three hours that it's on. And before the game, whatever after the game whatever and you're like, like you're building a ship in the bottle while she's yeah. asking if you're okay <laughs> <laughs> like, i know i'm upstairs just building lawn furniture just to, you know focus on something else no I, I just there was a time like after that minnesota miracle i was despondent for hours if not days after the nfc championship i could not even think about watching football like with the super bowl the next week uh this one, and even last year against Minnesota, like I really did not want to watch the next week of the playoffs. This, I don't give a shit. I'm going to watch football all day on Sunday. Yeah, like, it's going to be good games. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like, and I don't really get, you know, my buddy Rick is a, a Packers owner, right? They've got like what, a million Packers owners, so I'll be pulling for them. But it's like, I really don't, I don't feel this level of loss. Somebody told me that they're, you know, they, they've had... They were crying and all this stuff. I was like, because it was over. I was like, and how sad it was and how much it hurt with Breeze. I was like, I never felt that on Sunday. No, all. I know he did like the little wave and, you know, the TV can and that stuff is sweet. Yeah. He's going to come back next season when the dome is packed and, yeah. you know, the Saints lose by 18 to the Vikings. Taysomil <laughs> <laughs> turns gonna it over. He's going to do his little pageant wave and that'll be that'll be fine for him. You know, it, it was a sweet sight to see. But uh, knowing what would have come for the Saints, if somehow oh, yeah. they had pulled it out. They're, they're going into the wood chipper against yeah. the Packers. They're not coming out against the Packers. They're no. certainly not coming out against the Chiefs. No. Or the Bills. Or even if some teams that lost somehow made it back. Yeah. They would not have beat it in Washington. <laughs> they would not have beat. They could have beaten Chicago. That's the only That's team in the playoffs it. that was bad enough. And, a, and a, against Chicago, they played badly enough to lose to a lot of teams. Like, they did not play well in that game. If they had to play the Rams and see how, like, it is just. The situation they were in, uh, you could feel it in December starting to slip. Like they were, they weren't good in September. They were really good defensively in October, November, and they played uh, smartly. And then December, you start to feel it slip. That Eagles game was such a, a red flag, and then you end up in this situation where I, I think a lot of people were surprised. But they shouldn't have been because uh, if they would have listened to Polk and Kush for the last four months, <laughs> they'd have known to be miserable. To, to, We're trying to help people <laughs> to be and, miserable. Yes. Carry your dread into the game. <laughs> this would be dread week. If Yo, the Saints God. had won, this would not be a fun, happy. Not that it's ever fun or happy. No. This would be doom and gloom time. We would be the only podcast previewing the Saints in the NFC Championship game going, motherfucker. <laughs> Can you believe what's about to happen? We would be the only one. Everybody I would be watching else. that one from the storm shelter. Yeah. I'd be in the bunker. I mean, so in that regard, it's it's good that we don't have to put up with that. I also, thank God, the, I couldn't go to the games this year because it really did make uh, watching the playoffs easier. 
to have it in front of nobody and I'm not pacing the concourse and, you know, MF and everybody the yeah, entire you're game. you're nude, like, you're eating nachos. Exactly, you know. yeah. I'm in the, the, the my own home. Just, I'm talking about at the dome. Yeah. <laughs> I'm angrily texting <laughs> and that's fine. It's silent and it's, you know, it's cathartic on its own. Um, what comes next for this team? Hard to say. $100 million over the cap. Uh, now, that's a lot, right? That is the most, mm. <laughs> I think, in the history of the NFL. All right. And I'm sure, uh, you know, with nobody selling a ticket this year, the cap's probably not going up. Probably not. So that seems risky. Uh, so I don't know exactly where they get the money from. I don't know enough about uh, how the salary cap works in football. But if I've learned anything of watching the way that people are spending money in the government, I think we're going to be okay. <laughs> just, just spend some more, and then eventually some will pay for it. Now, are we'll the probably Saints, be dead. Are the Saints included in the coronavirus relief <laughs> bill? Do we get a stimulus Sleepy check? Joe, we got to keep Trey Hendrickson. What do we do, Sleepy Joe? How many thousands of dollars can we get? <laughs> okay, here's what we do. We tell Joe... He's got dementia. We tell Joe that Trey is his other son returning from war. He His dream is to play football, and all he needs is $40 million to the Saints. Yeah, it's your illegitimate son. Is <laughs> Yeah, he was in the Korean He's blonde. War. I don't know. He's fake blonde. He's fine. <laughs> uh, I really have absolutely no idea what the Saints can do with their cap situation. I'm sure Mickey, Loom- Mickey Loomis has always managed to Jedi mind trick his way out of it uh, and mortgage something further down the line. And I guess his thought is like, we'll just keep pushing this further down the line eventually either the cap will explode or he'll die something will happen that he won't ever really will have that to reset d- the cap <laughs> well it won't be his problem anymore I guess so. <laughs> which is exactly how i would run a yeah. team <laughs> once i'm dead you guys can figure out all this yeah cap this is what my parents yourself. are doing buying cadillacs and solid gold toilets they're like let andy fit Fucking deal with that. <laughs> uh, the other way is to just go, you know, just dig right into the crevasse and just try to go zero and sixteen next year, and and you know, cut everybody who's on the roster and trade everybody and try to go get whoever the number one pick is. I don't think they're going to do that, but I don't think they need to do that. The they're, roster is still good. The roster is also young. Yeah, it's, it's very talented. It's very young. Quarterback and special teams are maybe the the most important. Sure. Uh, positions currently quarterback always, but especially after a, a certain level of play for, you know, 13, 14 years. And uh, let's face it, Lutz, he's going to a farm upstate. <laughs> he ain't coming back. No, I, that might be it for him. Morstead, they're dropping him off. in the. Yeah. You remember the Sopranos episode where they get lost in the woods? <laughs> That's where Morstead's going. The aid, aid and, uh, and Morstead are going to be buried in the same New Jersey swamp. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know how he comes back. Uh, the, the one uplifting part of this as you enter the mm, off season, I'll hmm. edit this out <laughs> is the saints won this season, despite having very mediocre quarterback play. Most seasons, if the saints are winning, it's because they have at least above average and usually superlative quarterback play. They did it this year with very mediocre because not only was Drew Brees a very average quarterback, you know, nearly the entire season. Then you had Taysom Hill and he went like four and one also. So there is uh, a lot to be said to say if you can just keep most of the team together that you should be able to at least, you know, be a playoff team still. The division still mostly sucks uh, outside of Tampa and you don't even know what Brady's going to be next year or what they're going to look like. So. There's still hope for next season. It's not as if Drew Brees from four years ago is retiring. That that version of the Saints, he was the entire team. That is not the case right now. He's five percent of the team. So that's a, a, a an uplifting message. That's a to silver end on. line. That's a silver lining. The team has has learned to play around subpar quarterback play, yeah. and the conference is still NFC South. Sure. So, so you'll be able to figure something out for next year. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk about another incredibly uplifting topic uh we've got the pelicans what could be finer than talking (laughs) about the pelicans all right we'll be right back uh stick around polk and kush the pelicans they are new orleans basketball team and they are 
maybe our second favorite topic on the podcast. It's going to be an uplifting one. This has been nothing but roses and sunshine so far. <laughs> Let's get into this Pelicans road trip. This fun jaunt out to Disneyland. <laughs> they're all wearing mouse ears, going to the beach. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they had sunning. a wonderful time. Yeah, they're having a great time out there. You're not allowed to leave your hotel room. The new COVID protocol is like you can't talk to anyone in the hotel. You can't have a guest in your room. So, you know. They're all just celibate for oh, yeah. two weeks. I'm sure that's. I'm sure happening. that's what's happening with these 18 year old millionaires. With <laughs> oh yeah, the good looking six seven uh, millionaires that are 22 years old. I'm sure that it would just... be funny if they did get one field trip and it was to Disneyland. They were like, we were just at fucking Disney. <laughs> we were just at Disney. Uh, yeah, I, they they're doing what we expected on the road trip. Yeah, they have. I said that they would win against Sacramento uh-huh. or Minnesota. Uh-huh. They've won against Sacramento, so they're not going to win any more games on the road. <laughs> That's predicted. Andrew Polk, we are currently recording this during the jazz game. So if they beat the jazz. <laughs> we're just going to beep this out for the entire they're not time. Not going to beat the jazz. Yeah. And they also played the jazz then again on Thursday night. And that's then, very odd. Yeah. I, th- I guess they're trying to limit travel. So, you know, places that are kind of remote where there's not like a natural road partner normally you play utah and denver Mm -hmm. sort of back to back but i guess the way the schedule who the hell knows it is weird to play the same team twice so you know a fun three night stay in salt lake city where you can't do anything anyway and then they'll be playing the washington generals three times in a row (laughs) like they're gonna just it's gotta be so miserable to 13 day road trip they did have a game canceled against dallas Lost to the Clippers, lost to the Lakers, and then uh, they were able to beat Sacramento, who stinks. I mean, that Sacramento defense was the worst thing I've ever seen. The good news for the Pelicans. Nikhil Alexander-Walker appears to have found a gear. He is in summer league mode. Yeah, he's playing. He's opening up the floor. He's getting good assists, which, you know, I've never, no one has ever known Nikhil to be like a dynamite laser sharp shooting passer. Sure. But he's actually opening up the floor. He's doing a lot of things that Lonzo is not doing. And, you know, Lonzo, he's got like a knee thing. I believe he started again tonight. Yeah. But it's, this could be a, a, a blessing in disguise for the Pelicans to finally see Kyra and Nikhil out there because they have not really been a big part of it thus far. No, it does. It it really does feel like it adds meaning to the games to actually watch them play meaningful minutes. When it's just Lonzo and Eric Bledsoe out there for 35 minutes each, you're going like, what is the point of this? Yeah, these guys are renting apartments out here. They don't, <laughs> yeah. They're not going to be here that no. long. They don't give a fuck. Why should we give a fuck? It, it's nice if you're, if you're going to have a young team like this where the future is Brandon Ingram and Zion, just go all in at this point because there is no point having Lonzo out there. No. Develop some of this talent. You have 10 million picks. Develop them. Play them. Kyra had no time. Before before Lonzo sat down, I think he saw time in one game. Yeah, and it was a mop up duty. Yeah, so I you, you need to you. It all feels very blasé until you see the young guys all playing together, or you start to see kind of Ingram doing something extra. You see Zion have a big game like he did against Sacramento. Like it is very clear the best that this team can hope for the best is to make like the nine or the 10 seed and like lose in a one game playoff. Right. That's like the best thing you can hope for. So with that in mind, you need to see the other guys or else this all feels very empty. Uh, And that is what the Lonzo ball experience is like right now. He's clearly not being put in his best position. Lonzo ball playing off the ball. And having to kind of be a shooting guard is not playing to his strengths. But at the same time, this team is built around Brandon Ingram. The franchise is built around Brandon Ingram and Zion. So you need to see what Ingram can do as a point forward. And I think he's played pretty well in that point forward role. I think he's distributed the ball well. He's controlled the ball well. But does it take away some of what Lonzo does? Sure. Does that really matter, though? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think so. Yeah, uh, Lonzo's not playing uh, in his best role, but neither is Nikhil, and Nikhil is making the most of it. Yeah. Like, Nikhil is not a point guard, but he's playing to that level. Lonzo is, you know, maybe it's a little unfair to Lonzo when J.J. and Melly go off the map that now now Lonzo's the sharpshooter. Yeah. That's not fair to Lonzo. It's not. And it's also not fair to the Pelicans. Yeah, this team entered with bad shooting to begin with, and then J.J. Redick's not just shooting, like, bad for J.J. Redick. He's shooting bad for, like, 
you. <laughs> like Solomon Hill level shoe. It's no, he's in the Solo. he's like twenty two percent entering today's game. Like Solomon Hill could do other things. Now he sucked at you know for what he was getting paid, but like JJ Redick can't do anything besides shoot. Nicola Melli can't do anything besides shoot. If those guys aren't shooting, they are huge negatives on your team. And right now they're shooting combined like twenty two percent. JJ can podcast. Agreed. <laughs> JJ can throw up a little floater in the lane that bounces off the back iron. <laughs> that Jackson Hayes might rebound, but then it gets stolen away from him. Jackson Hayes, top rebounder on the top rebounding team in the NBA. Put him in the All Star game. What an absurd stat. Put you, him in the All Star. He game. was the loser of the week a, f- a few weeks ago on Polk and Kush. Yeah, and now he's he's a winner. <laughs> you can put that in his diary. Write that on your Instagram profile. Uh, yeah, I mean, there there has been a noticeable uh, uh, effort from Jackson. Yeah, he year. looks better. He he's he's getting better, and I think that's really the only thing we're going to get out of not just him, but this Pelicans team this year is just seeing these players get better. You know, wins and losses. There, it's not going to matter. No, Th- this team maybe is getting to ten or nine. But the the overall percentage does not matter. These players getting better does matter. And uh, I'm seeing it, uh, particularly with Jackson Hayes. I know we goof on him. Yeah. But he's been playing playing basketball for two and a half years. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's like there is a, a steep curve that he had to climb. He looks better. There are certainly enough like takeaways on any given night where you go like, yeah, I get it. Like I see. I see the future if like everything breaks the right way, but it, it just it, it seems like you need to get kind of shed Lonzo, shed Eric Bledsoe, like over time, uh, and, and see what this roster really can do. But I think this team is gonna be like fun to watch at some point. Right now, they're still a slog; like they're like the thirtieth pace, and they're. Uh, just kind of running this weird half-court offense. It doesn't seem to generate any good looks. No. It feels like a lot of isolation to Zion and to Brandon Ingram, which is fine because you kind of need them to learn how to make plays on their own. Uh, but there is just a little bit of, like, emptiness. And the way Stan Van Gundy, I mean, Stan, after the, they beat the Kings. They hadn't won a game in forever. And they beat the Kings and Stan did his entire post-game interview with his arms folded leaning as far back as he possibly could in his chair and just like with his mask on and his head just like his, his chin just tucked up toward the sky. And it was like, what do you think your defense? Like, it was fine. I don't know. It was fine. <laughs> Smoking it was, a cigarette. Yeah, it's like, we, we won. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, let's like, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, so I get it why Pelicans fans would be uh, bothered by what they're watching, but there is kind of this long arc thing that you have to watch and that you're seeing real progression, like you're seeing Nikhil play better. You're seeing Kyra Lewis potential. You're seeing Jackson Hayes on the fly actually getting better. You just need the other pieces to come around, and those pieces are not going to be a part of this team whenever they, if, when, whatever, they do happen to get good. J.J. Redick, Melly. Uh, Steven Adams. Bledsoe. I mean, Adams, I you know, he's yeah. like that the only tweener. The rest of those guys, man, they're not going to be around. Yeah, two years they're, they're, they're turnstile players. They're not going to be here, and you don't necessarily need them to. You just need them to either do what they're supposed to do, which yeah. in uh, half of their cases is score points, and they're not doing it, yeah. or get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, quite literally, yeah. physically, like, get out of get the out way. Of the, go stand over there, and we'll do, we'll do this, and you go over there. Uh, so we'll see how the Pelicans do going forward. I think they're going to do better once they get back home, once the schedule lightens up a little bit. They're in a uh, just a really tough stretch at the moment. It is very clear they cannot compete with the top of the NBA, but I don't think anyone expected them no. to. That Lakers game and that Clippers game were very obvious, like, Oh yeah, you're you're still very much little brother status, <laughs> and then the Kings game showed like, oh look, there's other morons over here at the uh, at the far end of the table <laughs> who, who you can play with, uh, and so you know they're, they're somewhere in between, and and it is a little uh, it's a little bit of a reality check this road trip, right? And there was um, there was some good advice from uh, my friend uh, just moments before we went to air. Uh, Carl Malone. Oh, yeah. He chimed in on a podcast. He obviously doesn't know what that is. <laughs> he thinks he's talking to a fax machine and somehow it goes on the Internet. 
he said that Zion Williams needs to quit bitching and play 40 minutes a game because he's 21 and he should be able to do that. Now, if you're going to ask anybody about, you know, young people, (laughs) people that are, you know, not very old and maybe their endurance, (laughs) Carl Malone. That's the guy to ask, right? Oh, man. He's like, you know, when I was 21, I could go for 13, 14 year old, uh, minutes, a uh, quarter. <laughs> this fucking goon. Stay out of the news, Carl. Look, Carl, I know nobody can read you your web TV to tell you what they're saying about you, but it's not good. No, man. I He shouldn't be. How He should be in jail. Yeah. Like, well, the the best reply I saw to the to the Carl Malone story is somebody said Carl Malone should be playing twenty five to life. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a forty minutes again. Like, what's the point? Like, yes, what are you gonna do? Lose to the lose to the Kings by three <laughs> yeah. instead of seventeen? Like, gives a shit. Why would you need to play? The fact that he's playing thirty something minutes a night is more than Giannis plays. You know, like. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, that's just Carl's like hillbilly mentality yes. of like, oh, you young kids ain't working hard enough. Well, why don't you fight Zion, you old bitch? I know. <laughs> <laughs> Bunch of snowflakes out here playing. I bet Carl Malone was somewhere in that rotunda last <laughs> last week, almost January 6th. If you track Carl Malone's phone, I promise you he was uh, him and the, the woolly mammoth man were standing there riffing through John Kennedy's notes. Man, him and Duck Dynasty were definitely stealing some mail. Oh, yeah. They were. They've got Nancy Pelosi's ink pens yeah. right now. They've got a hard drive. They don't know. You know they're trying to stick it in the in the television. <laughs> Put, putting Nancy Pelosi's hard drive in the VCR machine. There's no way Nancy Pelosi had a computer. I don't, I don't buy it for a second. She's got a typewriter from Mad Men. Oh, uh, we have derailed a little bit as no, we usual. Have. Yeah, no, we're, we're good. We're good. We're good. Uh, all right, so we'll be right back. We've got uh, so much more. The fun part of this show is picking up where we don't have to talk about New Orleans sports anymore. We've got your overrateds. we got your underrateds. we got the worst of the week. And, of course, Pope News coming right on up. All right, it's time for the least informative part of the week. Polk News. I have, I just got called out for this too. We do like a little rundown of the show beforehand. And I definitely had the James Harden is, goes to New Jersey. <laughs> I'm 35. They're the New Jersey Nets. I don't care that Jay-Z bought them. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the Russian oligarch and Jay-Z did not want to put the team in uh, New Jersey. If you ask me who's on the Nets right now, I'm going to say Keith Van Horn, Kerry Kittles, Drazen Petrovich, Jason Kidd, <laughs> Kenyon Martin with the lip tattoo. Yeah, badass. Well, anyway, James Harden is near New Jersey now. He's uh, with the Brooklyn Nets, and that's a boom for the strip clubs that are still illegally open in the Brooklyn area. Oh yes, the, I have a list right here of where they are. <laughs> GPS tracking will be uploaded after the show. Now, of course, he's going to go to this team, and they become a very dominant trio of lunatics <laughs> yes where is Kyrie? where is he yeah nobody knows he's missing games for personal reasons yeah and he's like i had to go figure out what was important to me is he in the capital trying to find information <laughs> on if the earth is flat everybody else is worried about the election he's like this is all a smoke screen yeah we're all falling off the face of the planet he's worried that the gravity is running out <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Katie's having to put up 45 to squeak by the Pels. Yeah, and they're, uh, you know, and tweeting his way through halftime every single game. <laughs> I think the uh, the interesting thing about this story, other than an absurd trio that's going to break the NBA, and they might not even beat the Lakers. The thing, he is losing $13.6 million in taxes <sighs> by Boy. just moving to the state of New York. $13.6 million. <sighs> That's a, that's the, the R.I.P. to the strippers. My word. That's really tough. I'm sure they're going to have a, uh, he's really going to cut back his lifestyle <laughs> in order to, to make up for that $13 million. Yeah, I just, you know, I think about that and I think about how I've been thrown out of a wing stop for arguing a $2 <laughs> veggie stick 
It was uh, put on my receipt that I did not receive. Sir. The, the police were called. It was $1.89. James Harden is like, you know how badly I want to win a championship? I'll lose $13.6 million in taxes. I'm sure the city of New York will spend that very well, though. Yeah. I have gonna... no doubt the, the where that's going is going straight into benefiting the public. Fredo is taking it, <laughs> and he's getting the vaccines. And he's not going to give them to the athletes. Uh, Charles Barkley said that athletes should go to the front of line for the vaccine, and I completely agree. Really? I agree. Why? Because they are public entertainment. That's true. That's true. That's I mean, true. Not to, not to say that they aren't human beings and people with lives. That no, are bad, but they they're they not going to die from this though. But they, the the rules and the regulations and the games getting canceled that affects so many people that aren't just the 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 ten people on the court. It affects the ticket taker and the popcorn guy and the guy parking the cars and all the subways and McDonald's around the stadiums. Get the athletes vaccinated. Keep the sports going. It helps the economy, not just the athletes. Also, these things are going to waste. They're fucking throwing them out. Yeah, well, that's ridiculous. You can go to like Wendy's dumpsters and there's just thousands (laughs) of expired (laughs) vaccines in the dumpster. Give it to people who provide us entertainment. And they're better than us. They are better. They are better than us. Yes, they're they're physical. They're gods among men. If they're giant houses and humongous physiques and, uh, you know, Victoria Silvestad, Playmate of the Year, if all of those <laughs> didn't, didn't already prove they're better than us, they should also be vaccinated. Uh, no, the vaccine list should go in order of uh, my parents, my kids' teachers, <laughs> and then the entire uh, team of the Pelicans, and then me. Everybody at the Brothers Fried Chicken exactly. at the gas station you go to. Yes, all of those people are very important. I mean, I I think you should vaccinate the athletes so there's no more stoppage of play or anything like that. The vaccines exist. Just get it to them. Charles Barkley, once again, correct. Always correct. Um, What else do we have? Nobody watched the college football playoff championship. 18 million viewers. More people watched The Voice than watched Alabama win yet another meaningless title. On the same night? I don't know about that. But just generally. Yeah, just numbers. Wow. I mean, it sucked. It was a bad game. It was like one of those by the second quarter was very obvious. Shit, before the game started, it was very obvious. Oh, yeah. College football is in a very bad place. It's a very boring sport with uh, very few exceptions at this point. It is very much, you know what's going to happen before the season starts. You can kind of tell you what's going to happen. I was a little surprised today to see that Alabama, this was the first Alabama team since BCS to go undefeated and win the national championship. Yeah. I didn't hear that at all. Yeah. And that was all I heard about LSU last year. But that was a real season, so just goes to show you how little this one mattered. <laughs> yes. And uh, wrapping up Polk News, Mets general manager Jared Portner was fired after sending a dick pic to a reporter in 2016. Not only did he send a dick pic, he sent like 62 messages in a row to this person. To this was reporter. he just saying, hey, did you see the pic? <laughs> just like, did you get it? He just like kept texting her to be like initiating conversation, and she kept not responding. And then in the midst of the not responding to the 60-something text, he just threw a dick pic in there. And it's like, dude, has this ever happened? Like, have you ever texted anyone? Like, the, me and the Cox uh, update <laughs> thing is the only thing that's uh, like update, update, update. Like, that's the only time that I can think of that if somebody ignored me for 10 straight messages, I would stop. Yeah. Opposite sex, friend, family, whatever. I would just give up on communicating. After 10 <laughs> messages, you didn't respond. This guy went six times more than that, and instead of giving up, he threw the Hail Mary. I mean, I like the strategy. I like the way of thinking. It was like, well, she hasn't responded to 32 messages. Yeah, I know. What let's, if? What if we keep going? Let's try. Th- I've also had that happen before where I sent like a risky text. And then, like, I immediately regretted it. So I just sent, like, 10 texts after that. I'm like, oh, they won't read all of them. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. ha. Call me Ishmael. <laughs> hey, did you cap it off with a pick of your wiener? Goodness gracious, what an idiot. It, I, I think this is foreshadowing. I'm calling it right now. Uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Oh, yeah. This is going to happen to him. He is going to be thrown off the Saints for this, maybe even before next season starts. <laughs> this is, keep in mind this podcast timestamp it because this is, a, this is <laughs> absolutely going to happen.
He is sending dick pics right now. Probably. 60 in a row. I don't know. We can't talk when you send a dick pic. It's like a dick video of him talking in the background. There you go. <laughs> the Instagram live. Uh, that takes us into your favorite part of every single week on this very show. Ladies and gentlemen, segments. Overrated. Overrated. Underrated. 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 This show, as always, sponsored by Jansen Patagna. Look them up if you need a home in the New Orleans area. If you're buying, if you're selling, if you're just thinking about houses, mm. Jansen, J-A-N-S-E-N. That is Jansen, A-S-M-R radio. Pop, 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 pop. Jansen Patagna, he is your favorite realtor because he is Polk and Kush's favorite realtor. And you listen to every single thing that we say because we're the smartest people out there. Anyway, give him a look him up. Uh, Instagram, J underscore Patagna, Jansen, J-A-N-S-E-N at F-Q-R dot com. That'll take us in to a little bit of overrated Jansen. Not overrated, but Polk, what do you find overrated this overrated week? Overrated this week? All right. I'm going with subscription boxes. Ooh. Cause this is this is like the a way of living now. Every podcast you listen to, they got a subscription box as a sponsor. Every like gift for a man is, you know, like the axe box. <laughs> Get a box it. of axes. <laughs> it's the man great. <laughs> yeah, what is this shit? Like, can no one shop for themselves anymore? I don't wanna the clothing subscription boxes are insane. You're just gonna let some goon throw a shirt for you and a, and you can fill out like a survey you know it's like what are you uh, you know rugged or gay and then it's like i don't know like both <laughs> and then they send you a cape and a wand and <laughs> but it's flannel yeah some flannel boots like ha- have we just lost our place as society to where we have to let probably like child workers in a foreign country send us a box of toys it's just so strange that they have discovered that what men want to do is open a gift like it's Christmas yeah. and not know what's inside because they're they think we're so stu- we are we we're are. so stupid that we know we're not going to buy it for ourselves. So but it's like, you know what? I like when people buy me things. I like to open up a gift for my birthday. So maybe if I just pay for it every month and these people will just tell me what I'm supposed to do. That seems pretty easy. This this was uh, Bernie Sanders healthcare plan. He was just going to do medicine <laughs> subscription boxes and just send people a box of medicine every month. These bills yellow you figure it out. <laughs> barter with the neighbors the grocery they do grocery boxes where they'll mail you like meat that's insane this is absurd and they're like never never have to go to the store again what are you a sultan you can't (laughs) (laughs) he can't go to robert's is it really that hard to pick out the milk that you need to pick yeah it's a recipe it's like chicken and carrots yeah it's yeah there there's tons of those though uh, blue Apron and all that. I I I was I was like, wait, we can't pick out the food. They're sending us the food they want the us food. to like have. I was like, and then we gotta cook it anyway. I was like, what is the point? I was like, I was order takeout. Like, well, takeout's three times more expensive. I was like, that's fine. Like, if they send me something that I'm not gonna get something I don't like on yeah. takeout, you know, and I'm not gonna have to make it. So and the mail's all fucked up. Yeah. Maybe you're getting your pork chops and they're green by the time you get them. I, I just there's a lot of those subscription services like you know bespoke posts and all yeah. this stuff. It's like I don't know who needs all this shit. That's it's a lot of shit. Maybe like one box from bespoke post, and then you're you're full up on beard cream yeah. for a year forever. I've used I've used like seven razors since I've started shaving. <laughs> Disposable razors are a scam. You can use the same one for a year. You just dry them. <laughs> yeah. Just dry them. Anyway. Harry's Razor Club or whatever it is yeah. is not going to sponsor this show. Harry. That... Anyway, subscription box, overrated. I, honest to God, have no overrated. You have no week. overrated? I have nothing. You... I don't know what to tell you. I really like, it's not that my life is peaches and cream. There is nothing where I said... That this is overrated this week, so I'm really counting on you. I hope you have one. We get paid one. a lot to do this show, <laughs> Scott. Sorry, Jansen. <laughs> I do have another one. Yeah? You're in luck. Ooh. Overrated. Uh-huh. Tape over the webcam. <laughs> 
putting that little piece of blue painter tape, maybe yeah. scotch tape, right over the webcam That'll on your stop laptop. Em. The laptop that no one uses anymore. No. And while you're putting the tape over the laptop, you're holding your phone, <laughs> which has, let me count, I have a shitty phone. I have a, I have a Boost Mobile phone that Pitbull sold me. This phone alone has f- five cameras on it. Yeah. And a microphone. You don't see anyone covering up that camera. No. No one's covering My up. car has a camera yeah. on the back of it. Mm-hmm. My Xbox has a camera on it. Anytime I leave my house, unless a crime happens to me, there is a camera <laughs> filming me. There's a ring camera at work. My neighbors have a ring. Sincerely, the the one time I like somebody hit and run my car, they're like, oh, that camera doesn't work. Of course, <laughs> this is the one camera like, that doesn't. I bet work. If I was going thirty six miles an hour, it would have worked. Definitely, we would have popped you for a hundred bucks there. For Everything sure. has a microphone. Everything has a camera. The FBI ain't watching you through your ten year old iMac at work. No, even when that was a thing, when it was like, oh, they're you know, so people hack in or whatever. I was like, who cares? What are they? What are you doing? Yeah, I was like, oh, you're beating it. <laughs> All right, the, who, cool. who? Someone want to see that? Who yeah. wants to see that? Like, I, who cares? I'm usually holding up my social security card to the camera. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, these people could track if they are willing. If they can get into your computer and do that, they can steal so much oh, more yeah. than a video of you beating your meat. Like. It, are they gonna blackmail you? Yeah, I was like, what? Are oh they? no, release it! Yeah, I was like, yeah. <laughs> there was a whatever an email scam going around not long ago about that. It was like we have a video of you of you watching uh, some thing. I was like, you know what? Send it out. I, yeah. I don't. I don't care. It doesn't look that much different than me like looking at Twitter. No, I just look a little horrified, <laughs> just angry and red faced, just, oh, <laughs> just sad. <laughs> <laughs> Red face and waiting, waiting for it to end. I just, I, I never understood uh, why anyone felt like that little piece of tape was accomplishing anything of any. Uh, that is, and even more so now that there is cameras on literally everything else. Uh, yeah, that's a really good overrated because it is. Uh, there are people who think that that is accomplishing. Your my privacy is very important to me, so I have this tape so that uh, Putin can't watch me. That's why I have the iPhone 12 Plus that costs three thousand dollars <laughs> and can film me in 4K. Because what else in your house is going on that is even like that anyone would find remotely salacious? Yeah. Besides just something naked, that's the only thing. Like, there's nothing else. Like. That has any like who cares if the if the neighbors could get a picture of me naked they don't they can just look in the window (laughs) I'm hanging out there all day yeah there doesn't need to be any hacking involved I I I, yeah it's very much like a privacy thing I was like that's not real privacy real privacy is them knowing your bank account number (laughs) (laughs) which you willingly give out all All the the time. To the subscription boxes. <laughs> they, they're full circle, full circle. Uh, you got an underrated for us at least? I do have an underrated, and it's a little uh, nihilistic, mm. okay? Uh, underrated, having no standards. <laughs> is this about me? This is about just kind of everything, man. I have found that if you enter with no expectations to whatever it is, a football season, for example, uh, you know, a restaurant, whatever it might be, try to clear your head of what your expectation is supposed to be. And then everything becomes more enjoyable. There is the standard, and everybody makes it sound like having standards is a good thing. It's not. Having standards makes life more difficult for you because you're trying to achieve those standards. So it's underrated to say, you know what? I have no expectations. Everyone's kind of scared to say that because they think it cheapens you. It doesn't cheapen you. It enriches. Wait, that's not how you say it. It enri- enriches your life. And so having no standards, very underrated, very freeing. Uh, go into a restaurant. Go Just go for a drive and everyone's at driving like a douchebag. You're like, yeah, of course they are. Like, I don't expect anything better. You go into Costco. The line is 100 people long. Like, oh, of course it is. Yeah. Why would they expect them to go any faster? Just, <laughs> just a nice, cool skepticism to take you all the way through your life. The kid shit his pants. Be like, yeah, he did. I don't. Of course. I'm going to tell him not to. I'm still going to parent. But I'm just not going to expect that he gets better because me having the standard 
does not make my life better. It only makes it more difficult. So the Saints lost. Sure. The Tennessee got Tennessee had to fire its coach because he's paying guys for McDonald's bags. That's about what I expect. So expect nothing. Underrated. This is you're describing the plot to Office Space after he gets hypnotized. <laughs> yes, that's part of that. Well, I'll tell you what, Jeremy Pruitt did not get fired because his Christmas lights were fucked up. Mm-hmm. That was the the Polks are out of a job for next year, huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I I I think uh, Tennessee football is dead. And so that has definitely put me into the nihilistic category with and all this they, stuff. Uh, and basketball lost to Alabama tonight, I believe. Florida by a lot. That's what so, I meant. Good times. Great <laughs> week to be of all. I have an underrated that's a little more lighthearted than that. Sure. And, and you could use it, too. Underrated journaling. Like a diary? Not necessarily. Okay. I, I was watching a show. I don't remember the name of it. Great story, I know. Uh, <laughs> but they had like a calendar, and the guy would just like write down like five little bullet points every day of things that happened, and he had it for years. And okay. they could just go back and see like keywords and phrases and stuff. And he, he, you know, you remember like some Wednesday where maybe something nice happened that wasn't a huge event. Like sure. Maybe you won, you know, 50 bucks gambling. Or you came home and and your kids didn't throw food in your face. <laughs> little wins. Yeah. So I've just I made like a little Google sheet and I've been doing these little like you know that's nice. Got wasted. Didn't drive. <laughs> got a letter today from the bank. Uh oh. You know, put uh oh in parentheses. <laughs> Whoopsie Daisy. <laughs> Well, I, I've been doing it because I recently found some old hard drives. Yeah. And I have just like blogs from 2004. Nice. And it is brutal. <laughs> it is my skeleton wants to crawl out of my body reading these things. So I think, yeah, like a diary is okay for like if you're a kid and you know you want to talk about your day. Yeah. Whenever you hit like 18 and up, just give yourself some bullet points. Mm -hmm. So you can remember these days that you've wasted away with drugs and alcohol. <laughs> and it won't be so bad as a Zanga post. That's true. Where you talk about how you're sad because your girlfriend hasn't called you. Yeah, that's oof, that's rough. The uh, I tried to do that during the pandemic when I was watching the early stages during the, just watch TV, <laughs> yeah, watch TV <laughs> during the early stages of lockdown. My wife was working at the hospital. I had both kids alone all day. And I was like, maybe I could like, you know, put together a bunch of my thoughts as is going on. Eventually I have like something for like a book. I got through about two days. And by the second that I started writing, I was like, I'm done. I was like, I don't, <laughs> don't want to do this. I was like, I really don't want to write. I was like, my day consists of survive. <laughs> I was like, just get get to Elmo and, and survive. I was like, this isn't really an interesting thing for anyone else to read about. So, uh, no, I, I have not given that a shot. I think it's a good idea. The little bullet points does seem to be a lot better uh, than to go full on journaling. Dear yeah. Diary, Whew. today I had high expectations. Brutal. <laughs> and it killed me. Um, that takes us in to my favorite part of every single week ladies and gentlemen the worst the worst that's right ladies and gentlemen the worst the worst is the worst thing i saw or read this week always hotly contested always down to the wire Always fun. Kush, what do you got for us? There were some real good ones this week. It is always a lot of candidates this week. The city, the cup runneth over. There was a stingray that was rotting on Broad Street. <laughs> yes, a stingray that was rotting on Broad Street in New Orleans. Uh, there was uh, a guy who dared a tourist to shoot him in the head, and instead he shot him in the foot. Okay. However, our winner this week comes from... As oh, always. no. You're going to get put on a list, Scott. <laughs> Mayor Latoya Cantrell. Oh, no. Says Mardi Gras visitors are welcome. Oh, are they? But they should, quote, act like a New Orleanian, which I assume means have no responsibility or give a shit about themselves <laughs> and piss all over the place and be, uh, you know, a complete lunatic. 
So welcome aboard, everyone. So just in case you're keeping score at home, Latoya Cantrell, who has been uh, eat your vegetables mayor for the entire year, <laughs> that we're all going to get COVID and die and that you need to stay in your house in a personal bubble uh, in which you are, you know, cornered alone until you die of isolation. Uh, she's saying it's Mardi Gras season. We're going to cancel the parades, but come on in. Yeah, we we think you'll do the right thing when you're here. You're tourists in New Orleans during a pandemic. What could you possibly be doing wrong? I mean, is there uh, any more bastion of respectability <laughs> than the tourist coming specifically for Mardi Gras? I mean, just absolutely incredible. Put that mask on. Keep your distance. Do not have large gatherings and stay in your pod so you can be safe while you're here. So our residents and folks at the forefront of hospitality are safe as well. That is so beyond logic I don't even have words for it. Stay in your pod. You traveled to fucking New Orleans. You're not, and you're staying in a hotel room. You're not staying in your pod. It's not a pod. You're going out to eat. You're going to do things like that alone makes it. It ensures that you're not staying in your pod. This is bananas. She slashed business capacity to twenty five percent. Everything is like. You know, like she's crippled all these businesses over this thing. And then she's saying, yeah, come on come over. On. Come celebrate Mardi Gras. I think this is going to be a great time. This is insane. She said that this is a city that has to rely on tourism. It's like, yeah, we all knew that. Yeah, we knew that a year ago. <laughs> you did all this I was like this is so great like oh yeah they can only have 3,000 people the Superdome that holds 70,000 people but sure come on over for Mardi Gras I'm sure you'll all act responsibly <laughs> keep your mask on and you know don't drink your uh, $9,000 uh, you know hand grenade and and piss all over our streets I'm sure that's what's going to happen very responsible behavior well that you can be responsible during Mardi Gras if you're a tourist the streets are empty so you can drink and drive wherever you want there won't be anybody to hit there's nine restaurants open so uh you know good luck going to company burger <laughs> there's gonna be ten thousand people trying to get in a rum house because yeah. there's nowhere there's to go nowhere to go there's nothing that isn't there still a curfew to like 11 o'clock there's like gonna be three thousand people at finn mccool's <laughs> They go, oh, don't worry. We were in our pod earlier. There are no parades. No. What are people going to do? There's got to there's be like secret parades, though. I'm sure some of these dorks will get together and figure out something, you know, where they all march in, you know, uh, Chewbacca costumes or whatever that one is. <laughs> I've Chewbacca? Chewbacca, yeah. I mean, these, they'll, they usually find a way to figure it out. I mean, she literally said... There are always people visiting the city of New Orleans. That is a good thing. We are a destination city. Except earlier when I said it wasn't a good thing. Yeah, except when I said no one should come here because they're all going to die. We're, you're going to kill us all by bringing the virus. So uh, I would just say to make up your mind, because I actually agree with the fact that people should be able to come here and you should be able to enjoy it and there's ways to do it. But don't also do that and then like make life incredibly difficult for the day-to-day -day residents that are here that doesn't make any sense you're either protecting people or you're not or you don't give a shit like you're either for freedom or you're for you know locking everybody up this is nuts this is the most inconsistent message of all time this is my mayor who i love so dearly polk take me out of this do you think that she's just putting these stories out there now to see what your reaction will be <laughs> This stuff isn't happening. This is an elaborate. This is for Jackass 4. This is a prank at this point. She just, well, at least she pays her taxes. Let me get you out of this, Kush. And I have some uplifting, feminist, woman positive news for you. Since you just hate LaToya so much because she's a woman and because she's our leader. Statue. Because she was elected, you know, by the... People of New Orleans that aren't felons and can vote. Yes. Gwyneth Paltrow has a vagina-scented candle. Her own vagina. Ooh. This is not the whole story. <laughs> it's a $75 candle. Not the end of the story. The candle exploded in a British woman's home. It exploded and emitted huge flames with bits flying everywhere, Jody Thompson, <laughs> age 50, told the news outlet. 
It set the living room on fire. Wow. I've never seen anything like it. The whole thing was ablaze, and it was too hot to touch. (laughs) There was an inferno in the room, the media consultant added. Thompson, who lives with her partner, David Snow, this poor son of a bitch. Yeah, it's a tough day. (laughs) Honey, what are you doing with that $75? You're not buying a candle that smells like Gwyneth Paltrow's vagina, are you? You're investing in our future? All right. I I also read today that Gwyneth Paltrow sells the exact same pills as Alex Jones, and they just call them different names. Oh yeah, that's that <laughs> they're, the, they're literally the exact out. same thing. Like the crazy the whatever. Alex Jones ones are like these will protect you from aliens yeah. stealing your your brain cells, and hers are like these will uh, <laughs> help your crystals be better. Like exact same elements. The the candle has scent notes, oh. uh, which include geranium, citrusy bergamot, and cedar, juxtaposed with damask rose and ambrette seed, according to her online store. If you ask a woman what her vagina smells like, and she says any of that stuff, <laughs> you better hit the road, Jack. <laughs> I got a hint of geranium. Yeah, it smells like an eraser. That's it. It smells like a pencil eraser. That's what a vagina smells like. I'm not editing any of this out, Kush. Anyway, there's the candle exploded. Andrew Polk, OBGYN. <laughs> They're saying it was some sort of defect with this one pussy candle. I'm sure she's the only person that bought it, so it's not going to affect anyone else. But... Word to the wise, if you buy a vagina candle, it could burn your house down. And I think that's really going to do it for Polk and Kush this week. Oh, it has been a fun one. Uh, to all the Saints fans, keep listening. Uh, we're going to have more Saints news throughout the offseason. Goof about. Of course, the Pelicans are in full swing, and we are going to keep hammering home just how great <laughs> the pelicans are we uh we really actually do love sports even though we like to bitch about it a lot we have a lot of fun on here thanks to jansen batagna look him up at french quarter realty if uh you have any ideas for the show any underrateds overrateds worse you want us to check out email us polk and kush at gmail.com and of course you can find us on twitter at polk and kush uh i am andrew polk that's scott kushner thank you so much for listening we'll see you next week see you